So what's good, people? You're tuned in to episode six of the Breakdown Podcast brought to you by The Football Supplement. You can follow us on Instagram at The Football Supplement or you can hit us up on YouTube as well. Just type in The Football Supplement. You can see all of our content as well. Um, obviously, we've got one of us that's on uh, international break. Kofi's <laughs> on international break this week. <laughs> so what, we still still got a good panel today. A man like T. What are you saying? Come on, bro. We're here, man. We just keep it going. Obviously, international week. It's not. It's not our favorite point of the season, but we're here, man. We keep it going. <laughs> Obviously, Jay. What are you saying, man? No Arsenal to talk about this week, bro. You must be happy. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah. You know what? Yeah, as you guys know, I like international break. Um, got the French jersey in the background. <laughs> An old one. <laughs> they won the Nations Cup, so on yeah, brand. Man. On brand, bro. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. Trust Good. me. No, I was just saying, they've been in a mad one, bro. Like, on a, just, it feels like they, they, they've been on, a, um, you know, obviously off the back of the Euros. It was like, what? Okay, what? Is that is that is that how we're going out? Nah, 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 nah. Let's like, let's show some people who are gone. You got what I'm saying? You know the French, yeah, it's, it's mad because, yeah, it's like they got a bit um, not so sure of themselves, isn't it? Mm. But like yesterday, second half, they just said, you know what, let's just go for it. Power yeah. and pace. <laughs> Straight. Let's, let's just throw our weapons at them and then that's that's what happened. Bro. So yeah, I saw they were two, when they, they were 2 0 down against, against Belgium, innit? And they obviously they came, but I saw that, but I only saw highlights of it, to be honest. I didn't watch the full game. Yeah. Bro. Yeah, they, it was a it was a it was a good comeback there. Yeah, and I think you know what with yesterday's game, that goal. So like Spain scored the first goal in it, and then and that was a good well well worked goal, and Spain had been dominating like midfield, and then after that goal, it's like something switched, and then <laughs> Benzema scored that goal, which was that goal itself is worthy of a trophy in it. Like it was beautiful, beautiful goal, and that that seemed like and it came like what minutes after Spain scored and it seemed like that that finished Spain Spain were all over the place like for a good 10-15 minutes and then France were just just getting getting onto them and Spain didn't really regain it until it was too late really it's like they they just lost their way at the wrong time just the wave the wave of attacks bro do you know what Mm. I mean it's it's just mad like it's like it's like some something happens. They flick on a switch, and then it's like, yeah, we're on it. And mm. then it's just it's just relentless. Mm. You know what I mean, um, yeah, man. What what was the semi final where they came back as well? Semi final, Belgium. That was it. Yeah, Belgium, Belgium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That game was crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. Second half performance was wild. I think yeah, you let him, like, yeah, I was saying like if you let with Lukaku. His goal in that that semi final, whatever. I'm just like, listen, this guy's got training clips with him and Carragher, and he's showing you. <laughs> don't let him roll you. <laughs> yeah. He literally said, "Don't yeah. let me roll you." And it's like some of these defenders. And I was looking at Varane. I'm like, bro, what are you doing here? Well, what, what are we doing here? Obviously, he's yeah. shown him obviously onto his right foot, but it's like, don't let this guy turn. Yeah. You know, you're not supposed to be touch tight to Lukaku ever. Yeah, yeah. It's um. I was I was I was thinking yesterday, both both defenses, Spain and, and France defense, not really the best. So, but 
France's strike force is, is better than Spain. So it always looked to me as if like if Spain didn't if you don't put three past basically with France, if you don't put like three past them, they can flick a switch and, and come and put like a number of goals past you. So you got to get them whilst they're not on it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it was um great game both. Game. That's I think that's how that's how I feel like if if France are gonna be like dominating, I feel like that's how they're gonna have to play. Like they're gonna have to play on the counter attack, pretty mm. much play on the counter attack. I don't really like it. Like obviously France in the Euros didn't really they weren't really up to much, but I feel like they were just you know when you just you're trying to do too much in the possession way, everyone's taking too many touches and whatever, and you kind of abandon this thing of like hold on. We're just gonna hit teams on the counter attack, or we're gonna, you know what I mean? We're actually gonna, like you said, more power, more pace, more more of that stuff than mm. some of the Spain like intricate sort of football. I don't know yeah, if that's let, them at their best. Yeah, let let Spain do what they do, and you man play to your strengths, isn't it? And they they got a few guys like like Kuman, yeah, Kuman, Mustiabi, um, all these guys that are on the bench that have got all that pace to burn, um, and they don't really. You know what I mean? So, I think that's where they need to go down. The way they need to go down, shall I say. Uh, people need to start putting serious respect on Karim Benzema's name. Absolutely. <laughs> put, put it that way, man. For ages, this guy was just not... I don't know. It's just like... It, he wasn't thought of as like the top, top because obviously the goal tally compared to the others... Do you know what I mean? Some of the others that, that might be putting in 40, that between 30 and 40 are like, okay, you won't put him in the same bracket. But he's showing that he's not slowing down in terms of his influence and, and whatever. And then a lot of teams, he's he's the guy. Yeah. He is the guy. Yeah. He is the guy. He is. Stepped out the shadow, boy. Yeah. It's you just I mean? goals, everything. Mm. The only thing I'd say with France is that at times they look like they lack someone who can hold up the ball. Um, mm. Not to say Benzema can't hold up the ball, but they look like they're they're a bit a bit drunk off of that Giroud, you know what I mean? That Giroud brew. You, you had someone who could you could you know take pluck the ball out of the air, hold it, and then lay it off to uh, some of the other attackers. So, but what are you, yeah, what are you saying? Mbapp got got rid of him. Mbapp got rid of him, boy. He said he don't pass, isn't it? Mbapp got rid of him, boy. Mad one. Yeah, the whole team altogether. Mad thing. But... Yeah, it's a mad one. It's a mad one. So obviously, whilst um, the internationals have been going on, massive takeover, Newcastle getting taken over. Seems like it's taken forever to be honest. Like this, this consortium of people that's gone and, and taken over the football club. The fans, if anytime, any if you ever met a Newcastle fan or whatever, they were always so they're just disgruntled and they felt like just disenfranchised from their club. Um, as if you know, um, just like it wasn't their club anymore, kind of thing. So, I think a lot of them are relieved that the big takeovers happened and they got all the spending power and stuff like that. But like, what do you guys think in terms of what it means for Newcastle specifically, like in the short term, I would say? What do you think it means for them in the short term? Are they just, do you feel like, oh, okay, now they've got money, they can go and buy everyone? Or do you think probably they'll they'll go a bit slowly with their with their changes? I think the, the first thing with, um, with them would be to reconnect, like, the fans with the club. Because as you said, um, 
it's it's like there's a bit of a a disconnect at the moment and it's it's been like that for what Mike Ashley was in charge of 14 15 years mm. um so a long long time and um I just feel the like an easy a easy win for the new ownership will be to connect the fans again and to give them a say and to integrate them kind of in a way that you know some of these clubs have been doing you know bring some of them and and get the representation on the board um, and we all know anyway, Newcastle, Newcastle are a massive, massive, massive club. So they ain't, they ain't going nowhere and without the fans back in. Um, so I think the first point is to is to make sure that you get the fans back on board. Um, and I think, you know what, there's been a lot of, um, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, Newcastle celebrating, you know, we're back, this is that, we got our club back. But I think, I think actually, I was thinking to myself, I think what, what they might really be referring to is is getting Mike Ashley up the club, rather than, you know, we're we're looking forward to buying up everyone and this is that. I think if you're, you know, like you like you were saying, Marky, that this is it's not a, it's not a secret that the, the Newcastle fans have not been happy. So I think the first thing is jubilation that Mike Ashley's gone, um, and then the, the second thing will be to get the fans back on board, and then they can take it from there, you know. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they'll be buying up everybody like you know, like a football manager, a FIFA type thing, um, straight off. Because I think there's enough examples now of like when when new ownership comes and takes over with you know substantial funds, um, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, there's even a couple of examples in the Premier League. It took City a little while. Um, I think it took Chelsea a little while as well. Maybe not as long as City, but um, yeah, man, I think I think for them. There's no rush. Um, they should probably look to prioritise the right sort of appointments, get the right people in before you start, you know, splashing the cash. Um, mm. So, yeah, that, that's my point of view on it. Mm. Yeah. I think, um, just to add to what T said as well, I think that's, that's like a great place to start because I think with the fans, like there's a few Newcastle fan groups as well that, um, that formed off of the back of, you know, things that happened under Ashley... Um, so getting them, speaking to them, hearing them out, it, like obviously they've got to run a club the best way possible. But you've got to hear the fans out, um, make them feel as if they're being listened to. Because I don't feel like, obviously they they had that with Ashley. But I think as well, um, things like facilities as well, like um, the training facilities. Like if you look, I think I saw some pictures of like um, paddling pools and stuff like that when instead of having like you know like proper ice baths and stuff like that um but i mean just the, the facilities in general um in the past when you if you if you had a look at the training facilities they haven't been up to a standard of a football club a big football club um right now in the in the you know the 20th 21st century and whatnot um and then also as well if you listen to the fans they you know they speak about like um the stadium itself, like it's not, you know, it's not clean. It's um, some of the stuff like the monitors around, and you know, just the general feel of the stadium is just, you know, it's not well, well looked after, well run. And I think that's again um, one of the things you used to hear, like in the media, is Ashley's austerity. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he, aside from like, obviously, we're going to come to it later, but like, aside from like the playing staff um and stuff like that and the lack of investment there just like the lack of investment in um 
you know, people who work at the club that are not necessarily involved in like the actual football, you know, um, managers that might um, help keep things clean or people that will, you know, suggest how to um, keep the stadium upkeep, you know, good, well, those kind of things also help, you know, um, ultimately uplift the, what's it called, uh, the fans' spirits, um, get them behind the club, uh, make, you know, if you if you sort out the stadium, you sort out the, you know, the seats and stuff like that, get um, people coming to the stadium again, obviously make it, you know, an atmosphere again, um, mm. which we know it is. So I think as well, as well as T's point, those are the kind of things as well they, the owners should be looking at. The inf- actual infrastructure around the club itself. I know St. James's is a big... You know, a big part of Newcastle. Um, you thing. listen to the Newcastle fans; they always, you know, they always speak about St James's being like the the centre of Newcastle, basically. So, yeah, man, mm. it's literally, yeah, it literally is like you can't miss it. If you if you've been Newcastle and you go, it's just right in the it's right in the centre. It's sick. It's it's a nice. It's a good stadium, but fifty two thousand seater stadium as well. Like if I was just saying Newcastle for a, someone to buy is a great club like it's a great club to buy because they're not that far in terms of being a, being one of the, the top elite clubs like under Pardew they were knocking on the door I know they fell away but they were knocking on the door and that is with Mike Ashley type investment so imagine this type of investment now it doesn't take much you got a 52,000 seater stadium that ground is iconic it's a, it's a Premier League club that is extremely iconic. It's like a very, very, very good um, club if you're looking to kind of get into the tapestry of English football. That's that's a club with a lot of heritage and a lot of, you know, memorable players and stuff like that, memorable moments from Newcastle. So it's like to see them get the investment, to be honest, even as someone who's not a fan of the club, it's like it's good to see um, in the league. I know people have their reservations about stuff off the pitch and you know the background of their owners, but I mean, I I I don't know how much weight that's going to hold once Newcastle start performing on the pitch, and you know what I mean. So long as, like you're saying, Jay, so long as they make the right choices when it comes to who it, who heads up that consortium and who actually speaks to the fans and stuff. If they're very smart, they'll go and get the right people to talk in the way that the fans want to be heard. That's so important, kind of thing. That's going to be really important for them to do. Um, first of all, you know, to get the right message going out about who Newcastle are, and I, and I don't, I don't know if it's reinventing the world, you know. I don't know if it's yeah. really reinventing the world. Like there's, there's clubs like Newcastle. Like I was looking at like the last three, four kind of seasons was, especially the last three. They're finishing between tenth and thirteenth, and this is with it as quote unquote bad as it is now. They make a profit, or they're not really in huge debt. You know, so the clubs, the clubs, okay. So these new owners can pretty much come in and and revamp. But like you say, the training facilities will need a facelift and an upgrade. Um, you know, and they, you know they did they they have got a team that can compete at Premier League level. Do you know what I mean? They have actually got some decent players, kind of thing. And that's what I wanted to kind of get into uh, next. Is just more to ask, like, of the current squad, yeah, are there any players that you think would a hundred percent he kept on even with them trying to spend money like which which of the players would you say uh, straight off Gucci Max 100% <laughs> Gucci Max 
has to. Saint, you have to. Saint Max. Because <laughs> <laughs> you see him, he's he's um with him. You know, he's already kind of endeared himself towards the fans. You can see there's there's a relationship there. Even the tweets. Have you seen his tweets? Uh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> he endears himself, man, and and they love him. They they react to him. He's he's right now. He's the only. He's the spark. He when he gets on the ball, you can you can see that there's an energy exchange between him and the fans, and and uh, I feel he's imperative to keep. And where I mean, he signed a six year contract, didn't he? Was it six mm. years? Something like that. So it's a I long think he's, deal, yeah. Long term deal, yeah. Exactly, and you know he 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 makes all the right noises. You know he's he 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 sounds like he's settled in there, and um just listening to him, man. When he he, he sounds like he genuinely likes and enjoys the place. You know, there might have been some you know, um, what's the word? Uh, some doubt as, as to whether you know someone w- with his background was set up in Newcastle. You know, you hear all these stories about sometimes football is not settling well, but he he genuinely seems to be enjoying it, and and the fans seem to be enjoying him. So for me. He's number one to keep. I think um, I think there's a big shout for Callum Wilson if if he can stay fit. Um, I think Callum Wilson's really really good, good Premier League striker. I think we, he's shown, you know, from his time at Bournemouth and his time at Newcastle. If he if he can get on the pitch and he gets service, he's he's netting at the end of the day. Mm. Um, and um, I think he's a strong shot. I think I think it's it's crucial to keep a a. a I suppose like a, a bit of a local a local soul um to Newcastle as well. Yeah, definitely. That's exactly where I was going. Longstaff brothers. Um I think Jamal Lascelles, there's probably a shout for somebody who knows the club, captain the club, um, is familiar with things. Um you definitely don't want to be ripping ripping out the um, you know, leadership straight away. Um and then I would say Dubravka as well, actually. I, yeah, I quite like Dubravka, a really good keeper. Um, so for me, I suppose I just described a bit of a spine. Um, mm. Keep but that. Missed that one man. We got exactly. missed that one man. The little wizard man, Almiron Miguel. Almiron. <laughs> Almiron. He has got to be kept on, bro. That's that's like one of my favorite Newcastle players to watch because when he's on it, because and obviously we'll get on to talking about the system yeah. that they're playing and whether that gets the best out of their individuals. But when yeah. Miguel Almiron goes on one of those mazy runs, he's one of those players. You can't knock him off the ball. It's very difficult to get to him. And he will just knock it and run. And he's got real good agility that, for me, Almiron has to stay. Whoever comes there, if you've got St. Max, Callum Wilson, Almiron, like, that's actually a good a good front three to begin yeah. with. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, so, for me, I'd add Almiron in there. I'm going to add one more person in there. Uh, not a player, but Mr. Graham. I think you have to keep Mr. Graham Jones. Mr. Graham Jones. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come on to it later, but I feel like when Newcastle have actually played really, really well, like whether it's in a series of games, um, like we saw last season, or even like in game when when they've t- changed the tide, like it's been it's been because of something that he's tweaked with. Um, so yeah, I I would firstly keep him around as well. Whether that's I don't know. Whether that's in, um, you know, in, in his current capacity or, you know, him taking over, I don't know. But I would, I think he's, I think he's good. He's, I think he'd be someone who also relates to the fans well as well. Yeah, bro, I thought you was going to say Joe Linton, man. That's your guy, no. bro. <laughs> Joe Linton. How much was he putting in for? 40 million? 40 mil. 
40 mil, bro. 40 mil. Mr. Goalkeeper. Uh, right. <laughs> Do you know what it is as well? Yeah, he's not even. I'm being. I'm always being harsh on him. Yeah, he's not. He's not the worst player I've ever seen. No, he is. He is. He's one of them, though. <laughs> he, he's not the worst player I've ever seen. But he's no. He shouldn't be at Newcastle. That's all it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think he's got some aspects to him that could probably help the odd game or so. Um, but nah, he's he shouldn't be at Newcastle. Um, <laughs> but I don't know who's. That's, they're going to take a massive loss for that one. But yeah. What are we saying well, about Will? They can afford it. <laughs> we look, we look staring at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you know what? A penny for his thoughts, actually. You know, Joe yeah. Willock, a penny for his thoughts because he he joined them in good faith, like yeah, he yeah. genuinely joined them in clean hearted good faith and said, Yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna leave Arsenal, I want to play my football. He had a good end to last season and he said, I'm gonna join them and play. And he was like, You know, when they revealed him, it was right around the same time Varane got unveiled and they mm-hmm. unveiled Willock and that he came into the middle. He, I'm, I imagine, I can imagine he can't believe what's happened because you know what it's kind of a gift and a curse because yes he's joined this big establishment or whatever and he's thinking yeah I'm going to get playing time but then it's probably just got a that bit harder now mm-hmm. because of what might come in come January and what might come in next summer mm-hmm. exactly and at that, at that point in your career you know a young English player um, making the move because you want to get minutes and then you know your minutes potentially are in danger and it's it's one of those things i mean i actually have a feeling that like this 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 takeover was kind of still always going to happen because it seemed like a bit of a political thing as to what was actually blocking it you know it wasn't really from what from what i looked into it didn't really seem like it was like a vetting process to do with the ownership and i know this is kind of off the field stuff it's more the broadcast issues wasn't it? Yeah, with with mm. BN and Saudi yeah. Arabia and Qatar. Yeah, exactly. And once that got sold, then it was like, boom, it's done. So maybe there was always a thing of this is going to get sorted, and then yeah. you know, and I'm I'm sure in negotiations these these things would have been kind of brought up. Um, but hopefully for for Willock's sake, man, you know, he 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 gets to be prioritized and 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 gets to have minutes, man, because the back in the last season he was he was breaking records, boy. Yeah. What about Matt Ritchie? the reason why why i laugh the reason why i laugh is because um didn't he have a bit of a barney with um graham jones Jones. (laughs) newcastle and and their and their training ground barneys man it's enough now man it's enough like (laughs) listen they had it all going on they had peter beardsley and his whole thing you know like his whole thing with the academy players and stuff and all those allegations and that it just didn't yeah, it just didn't seem, it didn't seem right to be it's honest. Right. I know Steve he's a legend for well. them, but yeah, all these men get are you getting into it, you know, man having a bit of a bunny back and forth. Right, that's the thing. <laughs> it's not, it's not in there. So obviously, yeah. Um, let's let's talk a bit. They touch on a little bit in terms of playing style. Now, what do you see Newcastle currently doing? What do they try to do? How do they play? What's their main kind of style from what you've observed and what you've researched and whatever? Like how, if you were to say, this is how Newcastle play and this is what they're trying to do this season and sort of the back end of last season and stuff under Steve Bruce, under Steve Bruce, what is it that they're trying to do? It's a great question because there is, there is no identity really with Steve Bruce because it's not clear as to whether he's, his style is to 
and before I get into this, this is very much a Steve Bruce thing because I know at different clubs he's been at, there's been the same issue. With like, what do you represent? Um, what is it that we're actually trying to achieve? And, um, you know, before we, we came on air, like we were talking about there's points in the season where Steve Bruce comes under intense pressure, especially at Newcastle, because the fans are not shy and they have no reason to be shy. They'll let you know like, what they're feeling. And, um, you know, at several points, they're like, listen, what's going on with the playing style? We've got attacking players. We've got, we got the likes of Jacob Murphy. We've got the likes of the Longstaff brothers. We've got the likes of Armouron, you know, Gucci Max, um, Callum Wilson, like we've been talking about, but they're not being utilised. So what's going on? Um, and in terms of the style of play, it's just it's really difficult to identify because what you, what it, what it seems like is 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 that Steve Bruce wants to invite pressure and um and soak up pressure, but the the system doesn't really and the quality of player make perhaps as well doesn't really suffice for that. Um, mm. So often what, what he's deploying is a five at the back, a literal five at the back as well, a flat five, mm. <laughs> a flat five. Um, <laughs> And um, it, it's just a little bit baffling because often what happens is it's backs against the wall for them. And then when they have to get a result, then he's going gung-ho. So it's like you're going from one extreme to the other, literally. So you're, you're setting up in a, in a defensive shape, whether it's 5-4-1, whether it's 5-3-2, um, a literal five at the back, which, which seems to be um, his, his, his favoured setup at the back. Um, and then you've got... I guess a Callum Wilson, if he's fit up front, who who doesn't really um, doesn't come out the side if he's fit, but then behind him, you've, you, it seems to it seems to interchange. There's no real consistency, and you've got like a bit of a tussle between Graham Jones, who's a clear um, attacking coach, who's who's come in and, and and made a difference, as Jay was saying. Um, and where you've got Steve Bruce, who seems to be, you know, the the defensive, I suppose, minded coach, but neither style really wins so you just you, you what, what you end up having is newcastle start off soaking up pressure or, or, or trying to be defensive and then end up having to go offensive because of pressure either from the opposition in terms of the scoreline or pressure from the fans who are like listen we're not standing for this newcastle was synonymous with you know entertainment attacking football um you know i suppose you go and then we go that's that's how it's been Newcastle, that's what they represent in the, in the Premier League era. So I suppose Steve Bruce very much goes against Newcastle's DNA without actually standing for one system where you could say they're mm. synonymous with this. Yeah, I think the five at the back is probably one of the most striking things from Steve Bruce is like how he started this season, the 5-3-2 formation. Like you said, it's literally 5-3-2. It is like, it's, it's extremely horrible to watch. Um until they get into the attacking third and one of the players, like you said, Almiron, a little mazy run, St. Max, a little mazy run, you know, they, they kind of have a moment where they put in pressure on the crowd gets behind them. But by and large, they've got five defenders. They've got three that sit in front of them and they pretty much soak up pressure. I've, I, I don't think I've seen a team play with five at the back and still ship so many goals. Like, yeah. they shipped 60 odd goals last season in the Premier League. That is, and for a team that plays that way, that's that would insinuate something is not right with the way they're doing it. For me, they don't press the ball as well. They don't really press. It's like what they just sit in that shape. So it's not really that hard to play against. It's not really that hard to play around because they don't press the ball. They're not necessarily turning over the ball and getting onto teams. 
it's, it seems to be more about the individual. And, and a big thing I, I'm, I'm thinking about with Steve Bruce's team, Steve Bruce's Newcastle is the ball doesn't do the work. The man always does the work. There's some, somebody yeah. to carry this ball 20, 30 yards, jinking runs inside, outside. This It's not like it's a team performance where every player feels empowered to get on the ball, to express themselves. Do you know what I mean? A good appreciation of time and space. It's just like, it's just rush, rush, rush. And I know that some of that is Newcastle DNA in terms of the fans get up when they see a few challenges and that. But I feel like it, it's, it's, it's just a little bit like they don't really have a style and a system. And when they're conceding so much, I can see why it's frustrating for the fans to watch. Yeah. One thing I would say as well is... Um... I know it's like a it's like a it's like a little part of the whole thing, but there was a period I think, and I think it coincides with when Graham Jones came in, where they they did play a back four, and it was almost like yeah, two up front, back four. Um, they pushed up. Actually, they pushed up quite a bit on the pitch. It wasn't so deep, um, and like what you'd have is Wilson when Wilson was fit, you'd have Wilson kind of be the focal point. St. Max kind of pull off to the to the left a bit um, as part of the front two. And then you'd have like Almiron um, behind them two. And then when Willick was there, he would like make those runs as well, innit? Um, and and he, obviously we know that he got he got quite a few goals last season. But it was, um, there was like a little period where they were playing, playing like that. And it was actually quite nice to see that they played like that. Um, but like I said, I think it coincided with the Graham Jones coming in, and as T said, like Graham Jones is quite quite attacking. He's a decent coach. I mean, he got um, he got invited to to work with with Gareth Southgate with the England team, I think, as well. Um, so that's testament to that. Um, but the thing about Newcastle is that in that period, when it did go wrong, it seemed like they it was like. It's a persevering. Okay, we're doing something good here. We're, inter- you know, we're entertaining our fans, or we're entertaining the neutrals. We're making a good fist out of it. Um, let's keep going. Let's work on it. Keep going. It just seemed like they fell back into the the five three two basically that you guys you guys um, pointed out, and it was like, oh, we've either they've you know they've been hammered or whatever, and then they go, nah, let's not do this. This is the wrong thing to do. Maybe this was you know Bruce coming in and. And saying, nah, see, look, like we open ourselves up and now we're getting hammered or whatever. Um, and they'd revert back to that to that five at the back, um, and it'd get all dull again and um and it you know, there'd be nothing to chew on. And as you guys said mm-hmm. as well, it's not like they're they're being they you know, they're blocking out um chances or you know, being defensively solid, um and nicking a one nil or nicking a point. They're still getting, they're still shipping like loads of goals when they do that. So there's nothing like for the fans, for the neutrals, for anyone to get on and say, well, this is the bright side of it. Um, and this is one thing that I always say with that when you play like that, like if you, if you play like that, then make sure that you're the aim of being solid and being deep. Make sure you're achieving that aim of, you know, not letting the opposition get too many chances, blocking out the spaces and um, and not conceding goals. Uh, but it seems like whenever, in that period anyway, in that patch, when that didn't work, um, they would 
it would fall back at that. And that was disappointing for me um, personally. Because uh, I think like when they when they did play a back four and when they did go for it, they you know they played really well, you know. Um, did some things that were we associate with attractive football. Mm. So yeah, that's that's that, just 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 to point out, like you know, what I mean, did we yeah, see that period? Yeah. It's true, yeah. it's true, but because I actually remember that that period as well. They had a couple games there yeah, where it was is one sticks out in my mind. It was the West Ham game. Yeah, they had a West Ham game. I think it was three two to Newcastle. Mad game, <laughs> mad game. They went through it. You know, it, it was literally like a like a is a it was a proper toe to toe matchup. And um, I think that coincided with with like Willock's purple patch as well. And I can't remember the exact period. I want to say it's April. It was definitely the back end of the season where they started to go for it, as, as Jay was saying. And a good couple of results, man. You know, I remember I think they beat Leicester as well, um, turning over um, West Ham. So it's definitely in them. Um, it's just it's just why they're not tapping into it. Mm. But I think this is also a Steve Bruce thing as well. Like and. Um... You know, I saw it with that Steve Bruce at Aston Villa. He just, he just didn't really have a system, and 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 in the end, it's just turned into we go again, we go again, we go again. Lost in the playoff final as well, um, you know, and it was just one of those ones where at Aston Villa, he had reached where he he'd reached what he could do. Um, essentially, the team weren't necessarily progressing as individuals or collectively. It was kind of like it was just go out there and play. And it was very defensive-minded kind of thing. I know we talked about our worst systems and the systems we hated. When we were describing <laughs> the five at the back, I was thinking about Steve Bruce. Because <laughs> the way he deploys it, yeah, the wing backs are not wing backs. They're really right back and left back. And there's really three centre three centre halves in there. Kieran Clark sometimes, Lascelles, whoever else in there. And it's like the problem is there's just individual errors. I think it's too many cooks back there, and then therefore they concede a lot of goals through individual errors, like individual errors. And it's just like it's like there's too many. It's too congested in that area, and they're so scared of conceding that they don't necessarily go and play on the front foot. But Steve Bruce's sides, I've, I've never seen a Steve Bruce side. Um, you know, in recent times anyway, I've never seen a Steve Bruce side that's that's on the front foot, that's looking to attack and stuff like that. It's oftentimes it's defence first, um, which is cool, but I think you've got to have, if you're going to do defence first, you've got to have a coordinated sting. You've got to have a coordinated way that you're doing it. When Newcastle have Callum Wilson and they have St. Max, then you know, obviously those two, but again, it's down to those two individuals to make something happen and less so about the training because it seems to me like the players don't even pass the ball to each other in training because when they get to the match you don't see any evidence of any patterns of it's attacking running, play. isn't it? <laughs> loads of running, bro. And Dondra Shelby getting gassed like after about like <laughs> bro, he's just finished after. <laughs> you, just, you just said it, bro. You, when you've got, you know, don't get me wrong, Dondra Shelby is not the most mobile, you know, midfielder but he can pass, he can play. It's Quality clear. on the ball. Get the guy on the ball. Like there's yeah, there's the there's somebody you can you can clearly play through there. And the Longstaff brothers as well, you know, even even Hayden, you know, yeah, I, yeah. Isaac Hayden, good player, very good player. Like get these guys on the ball, they can clearly do it. Um, but yeah, just those runs from deep, man. They 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 finished me, man. We got <laughs> Gucci Max starting in his in his half. 
And Almer and, and he takes on bruv, he takes on everybody. There's a goal yeah, he scored yeah. the other week. He took on everyone, took yeah. on everyone, head down, head down, and whacked it into the bottom corner from some tight angle. And it mm-hmm. was it was a good goal. But you know the player who I think as well, who Steve Bruce again, he hasn't been using and he hasn't had a forward, he's been playing Joel Linton and he's got Dwight Gale sitting on the bench. Now, yeah. if, if you're playing the system that he's playing, Dwight Gale getting in behind and being able to, you know, being able to stretch defences. And I'd rather play Joe Linton than, I mean, I'd rather play Dwight Gale than Joe Linton. But it seems like Steve Bruce is just safety first, safety first, safety first. And in the end, I don't think fans want to see that week in, week out mm-hmm. when they're not getting results. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it, man. There, there might be a bit of politics with, with, with Dwight Gale still, apparently. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but even before then, do you know what I mean? It's like that's a player that you br- you you bring. I know he's gone out on loan and stuff, but he will score. He will score, and he if you if you give him the chances to run in behind, he will he will have a go. Do you know what I mean? More, yeah. Much more than Joel Linton will. <laughs> Definitely. Do you think as well with Newcastle? Just maybe outside of you could tell me no or you're wrong or whatever, but just outside <laughs> of just tactics as well. Like, do you feel like they're being hamstrung a bit by? Mike Ashley's um, squad planning or lack of squad planning and the players that, that come in. It just seems like, to me, there doesn't seem to be like uh, someone saying, and maybe this is Bruce's fault as well, like, this is how we're going to play. So these are the kind of players that we need. Um, so, like we said, you're getting Joe Linton in for 40 million and then you get players like Almiron and St. Maximan um, who are Obviously, quality players, good, you know, good with it, good with the ball at their feet, and then you've got situations where they're struggling at in the in the fullback areas, and you having you know Matt Ritchie having to fill in, you know, at, you know in, in the fullback areas, and you're just mixing all of this together, and then saying, okay, let's let's sit back and soak up all the pressure. And how many of the players are even happy like to be even be playing like this and whatnot? Yes, so, so it's just a bit of a it's a mess all around, really, isn't it? Like, I feel like even the squad plan in itself is just it's inconsistent. I don't know who's doing the job there mm. with, along with Bruce, but yeah. there, you know what? Yeah, there is this myth as well that like in football that playing three at the back is more sturdy than playing four at the back, and I think it's absolute rubbish to be honest. Like <laughs> absolute rubbish. Three at the back does not guarantee any defensive stability because essentially sometimes three at the back is even harder for those defenders to play than playing mm. two at the back. Because most defenders, most players, if you're playing at centre-half or whatever, when you learnt as a kid, you learnt to play in a back four. A lot of them played in mainly back four systems and whatever. You play with your defensive partner. Now you're playing in a three. And if you notice, teams that play, a lot of teams that will play with a 3-4-3 or they play with a 3-5-2 or whatever, their centre-halves are now having to defend out wide. That's the biggest difference. Their centre-half, because the wing-backs, if they're pushed up, uh, obviously, now they're going to be... They're just like wingers. They're pretty much wingers now. They ain't going to do much defending. Your defensive three have to be able to defend one-on-one quite a bit, you know what I mean? Especially if the other teams start putting the ball down into the channels. So it doesn't make sense. It You know, there's that myth, do you know what I mean? That, uh, back three, back three, you know, it's it's an easy system to play in because you've got more numbers back there. No, sometimes that that isn't making sense, do you know what I mean? Your, your centre-half might get dragged out to start going to defend wide. And what is the thing that centre-backs always hate? They hate having to defend out wide. So, in and, and again, you can cause a lots of individual errors by playing that way. So, 
that insurance policy for me, it's not even really there. They may as well go with the four. Do you know what I mean? Mm. They may as well go with the four and press high. In my opinion, Newcastle should always be on the front foot. Like a Newcastle side, the first thing they should always be doing is getting the crowd up. They should always be on the front foot, pressing high. And even with the new ownership and stuff, whoever comes in, I don't want to see Newcastle do no tiki-taka football, to be completely honest. I, don't, I wouldn't really want to see that from them because it's not really in their club DNA. Do you get what I'm saying? It's it's really playing good football, yeah. But I feel like getting the ball forward quickly and being more of the counter-attacking team, being more of the team that's either counter-attacking or high-pressing and turning over the ball. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I was going to pick a manager, let's just say fantasy fantasy manager time, and it's like, oh, who can you pick to manage Newcastle? I'd probably pick Jurgen Klopp, to be honest. Like, I'd say that style of football fits what, you know what I'm trying to say? I'll, I'll pick Klopp. Klopp knows what he's doing. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't pick Pep, I'll pick Klopp. <laughs> That's interesting you said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, I'll pick them. Because you know what you're going to... Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's it's that it's that thing. You know Klopp, man. He's going to have them clapping in front of the fans, holding hands and all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, he gets it. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ignore that little... <laughs> That little job there. <laughs> no, no. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. In terms of in terms of relationship, like with the fans, it's very important. It's very important, and they're and they're one of them clubs that like. And without the fans, you can't. You, you know, it's not like a situation where it's not it's, it's not a plastic fan situation. Let me leave any you know any clubs out of that out of the direct name calling out of the firing line. But it's not a plastic fan situation. So you definitely need to make sure you're you're firing up the fans and you're developing a relationship between. The players, the manager, and and you know the fans themselves. So I hear what you're saying in terms of that. Um, so who do who, who do you man think is, is is attainable? Who do you think is is actually realistic for them to bring in? Because it, it it sounds like it's the end of it's, it's just, the end of Steve Bruce very soon. Yeah, just to add to, to what you just said as well. I think as well as the fans, also the local media. Bruce's relationship with the local media. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it's bruv, it's, it's literally it's literally popcorn. Press conference yeah. each week is popcorn, bruv. Popcorn time. Because yeah. you cause you because you know Steve Bruce is gonna go off on them. Yeah, he just he just loses in it and then yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and then it. he goes off on them and they think. And I think as well, um, just just quickly, just before we answer your question to getting some actual people from you know players from Newcastle players from the area start like start getting these guys guys who know who know what it means to represent you know Newcastle put on pull on the shirt every day and play for the fans and that you know that kind of stuff they need to get, get those kind of guys in as well um, but yeah just thought I'd add that into what you said team yeah no it's a great it's point man it's a great point in terms in terms of managers where Depends what these guys are like. I think sky's the limit, isn't it? <laughs> you know what? Before we go there, though, is there an argument to say, as much as you know, we talk about these Steve Bruce and whatever, is there an argument to say that for the remainder of this season, at least, they could stay with Steve Bruce? Not if, not if the results stay the same way. They're in, they haven't won a game, have they, this season so far? Um, it's early days, though. It is, but I mean. Relegation, you know, you don't want to buy a club and then they get relegated, you know, yeah, so you don't want to play with that. <laughs> and I feel like, I feel like the deal went through now so that they can make changes early enough 
for it to have like an impact. Mm. So, but if they ain't got a, if, but just playing devil's advocate, if the manager ain't got a window, what are they gonna have to use Joel Linton as well? Well, well they they will have the January window, innit? No, but I mean between now and then. Do you get what I'm saying? Like between now and there's yeah. a lot of football to be played in these next few weeks. You bring in a new coach, they're still going to have to play. Well, okay, cool. They can play Dwight Gale if they want to, but they're going to have to play Joel Linton if Callum Wilson's not back. So, is Carroll still there? He's still playing Carroll, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is he still you know, there? I think so. Is Carroll still there? I think so. I think he was he's saying. A, I, I, I saw. Too. I saw something in the media recently of him saying that. Oh, like he's, he's, he's desperate to to play, desperate to help the side and whatever. So, um, rehab. I'm not sure. Yeah. No, he's a free agent. He got released by Newcastle. Got release. Is he? Yeah, he's oh, not there. Okay. Yeah, 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 he's not a Newcastle anymore. So that's what I'm saying. So the new manager between now and December, who 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 exactly are they going to play and how exactly are they going to get more out of this team? It's just, it's just a question. I'm not saying they won't, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like between now and January, with no window, I don't know who else comes in and is able to score the goals to keep Newcastle afloat. Or is it the approach to football they might have might make St. Max get more goals or Dwight Gale get more goals or Willock and stuff? Well, this is the thing. It's a, it's an interesting point because at the moment they're deploying St. Max in a false nine and he's, he's, he's been getting a couple of goals and a couple, you know, contributions in, in, in terms of assists since he's been deployed there. Um, so I think is there's definitely solutions within the squad, and that's definitely what a coach should be deployed to do. Before anything, you should be able to work and with your crop um, if you're coming in there. And I, I I do think they'll be having those conversations to assess and to see okay, who can we get in to 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 deal with with this crop who doesn't who won't need a you know a full face makeover straight away, and who can actually you know play some of the some of the some of the talent that they have there that like we. We've mentioned several times already that the Longstaff brothers are there, the likes of John Joe Shelby's there, Jacob Murphy's there. Um, if you move, if you move forward, uh, Matt Ritchie, he can be very useful as well. He's a he's a very very good um, deliverer of the ball. Um, and and like we say, you know, Callum Wilson, uh, when he when he gets back fit, you know, he he's obviously got a pivotal role to play. There's there's so many players there that like. Once you get them on the pitch and, and you get them playing within a system, like we said, it doesn't look like they have patterns of play. It doesn't look like they've de- developed relationships. And if you get some of that going, you know, just on the training pitch, I'm sure we'll see some of their fortunes to put. I, for me, one, I can't believe Jacob Murphy doesn't play. I can't believe it. Every time he plays, you make something happen. Even if it's even if even if it's not the most crisp of delivery or you know the most he, he might miss an opportunity when, when he's in on goal, or whatever. He's making stuff happen. You know what I mean? And often when, when he is there, he's, he's, he's delivering some kind of telling contribution. So mm. for me, um, there's definitely crop of players there where they can get in a coach, get in somebody who can work with the, with the players and get them up to a point where they're fulfilling a bit more of their potential. Ryan Fraser as well. I forgot. I even forgot to Ryan Fraser, Ryan Fraser to one of, you know, to, to the players. Big money came in and, you know, hasn't really, hasn't really had the chance or hasn't really had the application and stuff. I just, I was just checking it now, just looking at it, Ryan Fraser. So, okay, cool. So, so you, you, you two both think that you would, that's, that's the kind of the question. Would you get rid of Bruce like today? If, yeah, if you, if you guys were taking over, would you, would you just clear him or would yeah. you, yeah, would you clear him? I think so, man. Because if if you sorry, bro. So I, I was just I was just yeah, going to add quickly that I was just thinking. Um, there's not really an area where where I could say Bruce is 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 um is reveling. 
I can't say, you know, he's got a relationship with the fans. You know, as Jay said, I can't say he's got a relationship with the media. I can't say that he's he's got the players, you know, playing out their skins. It, it just seems a little bit like everything is on top for him at the moment. And you can see it when you when you see him, you know, there's, there's a lot of pressure. There's a, it's, it's a little bit toxic at times. And I think if there was an area where there were some offshoots of, you know, some some something developing, then perhaps I would say, yeah, do you know what? Give him a go. Why not? He's a he's he's a local lad. It's obviously his dream to to, to manage Newcastle. Um, so why not? But it doesn't seem like there's an area where where you know there's any potential to be to be kind of tapped into. So for me, I would I would clear him. Man. Yeah, I would, I'd I second that with with T. Um, I just it just seems toxic on the pitch. Um, in the club, inside the club, and also outside the club. I, you know, he came out and said that he was getting death threats and stuff like that from yeah. from people. And I just think that there's nothing. It's it's gone far enough for everyone to probably want to move on. Um, I think I know. Obviously, like he said, Bruce, he's coaching a big club like Newcastle's probably been one of his uh, um, his dreams. But yeah, there's nothing to chew on to say. Yeah, this is we can bank on him doing this, or we can bank on him leaning on, on this, on this person, or do you know what I mean? It it doesn't Ashley's ownership of Newcastle wasn't inhibiting, you know, the way the team was playing or the way he was setting up the team, should I say? Um, so I feel like Ashley going and these guys coming in won't necessarily change that um, in the early stages um, with where they are now. So I feel like yeah, just the. It's not even a, a thing against Steve Bruce. He seems like a nice guy, but I think that it's probably just you know it's too toxic, um, you know, um, mm. outside and you know inside and yeah, man, you know all that stuff. You know, where's your bacon and all of that? <laughs> <laughs> it's all funny. It's I knew you throw that one in there, bro. I knew you throw that one in I there. To, Steve, you know what I mean? I had to, you know, throw it in there, but um. Yeah, I think it'd probably be best. There's and yeah, man, like like you guys said, there's enough tools at Newcastle in terms of local players' tools, but there's enough quality um at Newcastle, I think, for someone to organise and do better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I agree to be fair. Um it's difficult because I, I if I was if if I think if he played a bit more of a progressive style, just a bit more, I'd have said, okay, cool. But, you know, I can I can see these owners, they either sack him right now or they sack him in a month's time. But either way, they're going to get rid of him. So, you know, and then it's difficult if the if they're changing room all know mm. this guy's not staying and whatever. Again, you lose them even more and stuff. So I think potentially he could get sacked or by the time we put this out, he might already have been sacked <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So what, 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 um, this is the question here. What, what profile of manager would you say? N not necessarily name, but what would you say is the profile of manager? Because I'll make a parallel and, uh, you know, I, I make no bones about talking about Aston Villa in this context because Aston Villa were in the championship um, had, you know, several, you know, different takeovers and whatever. And eventually they got it right because there was a clear strategy in place. Um, brought in, um, you know, uh, Steve, um, Dean, Dean Smith, um, particularly after Steve Bruce brought in Dean Smith. He had a clear way of playing, a clear identity. And, you know, Dean Smith got the club promoted. They also are backed with funds. They fought off, Aston Villa fought off, um, 
financial fair play, you know, so they were in a position to invest and now they've established themselves as a Premier League club with a decent squad and stuff. But that all came from having a clear strategy in place, a clear vision and a clear way of playing, you know, being more progressive um, with the ball where they could be. Obviously, they had to survive the first league, um, year in the Premier League, but now you can obviously see um, them pushing forward with it and having sold Jack Grealish as well. But it's it's part of a strategy is the point that they had a strategy from when they were eighth from bottom in the, in the championship and it worked for them. So they chose Dean Smith because of, the, not even because of the name, but it's because of the style of football that he was playing with Brentford. That just fit what they were trying to do for Aston Villa. So what would you say the profile of the manager for Newcastle now for this project? What would you say the profile should be? What should they be a specialist at doing? It's mm. a good question. Um, really good question. I think um, wh- whoever's in charge of that, I think you, you, you've got to look at what Newcastle represent and what they represent in the Premier League times. You know, I, I think of, when I think of Newcastle, you know, I think of um, David Genola, I think of Ospria, I think of, you know, Alan Shearer, these guys, exciting moments, you know what I mean? And I think to get back to those sorts of times, um, you've got to get a manager first and foremost who understands that, understands that that's, that's what the fans want and can and can also deliver an attacking brand of football where they're going to have a go. Um, it's not to say it's irresponsible, not, not with a naivety, but that, that should be the forefront. You know, and when, when you think about some of the more successful managers who kind of endeared themselves towards the fans in the mould of a Kevin Keegan, in the mould of a Bobby Robson, these kind of guys here who understood really what what the day-to-day experience is like in charge of Newcastle. So for me, I think you, sh- you, sh- you should probably be looking at a British manager, first and foremost, um, and then somebody who, you know, understands how to deploy attacking football, but not... but. Let me just stress, not with a naivety. So it's not about just gung-ho business. It's just I understand how to play attack and football um, because that's really, in my opinion, what's going to get the fans going. And when I say that, I mean, you know, we're going to have a go in the game. That's you, You're going to know you've been in a match when you play Newcastle. And that's what it always was, you know, and, and with some of those managers who you were mentioned, and that's that's been some of their more successful times. So for me, first and foremost, get someone who understands the fans, Get someone who knows how to play attack and football, and I think um, you've made a good start there. But do they need to be? What, what I was going to say, do they need to be British managers? Because for for example, I would I because I genuinely believe a manager who has the presence and the kind of um, the mindset of Klopp here yeah, will be perfect for that style of dressing room because. Klopp's not a Liverpudlian, but he just come in and he just went straight into the culture of the team. He went straight into the culture of the fans, and he. Like you said, he connected with them. So I don't know. It, obviously, it can be a British manager, but, you know, they're looking to go to the top of the game. So I'm not saying you can't do that with a British manager, but you look at who's at the top of the game now. It's not, <laughs> do you know what I mean? The best coaches in the world are not British British coaches at the moment. So it's just one of those where I don't know if I will put a British, and then which British manager really is like that currently? Like, which I one? Hear you. Like, I hear you. But it's, it's it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good point. I suppose you would... With, with Klopp, I think he's a bit of a unique one, to be honest. There's not really many, in my in my opinion, there's not many managers who could come in and understand something straight away. Do you know what mm. I mean? Especially then, a club. 
Do you know oh. what I'm thinking about? Just like a manager, for example, um, say Ralph Hassan who to Ralph, Harry Kane to Southampton. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. that guy when when they yeah. go and get big results and he does get you know you know that like where he's really structured a team. Yeah, he seems to yeah. have had this hold over Pep and Man City, and he knows how to structure himself there. I'm yeah. saying a guy like that going to yeah. Newcastle, just seeing what he's doing with Southampton. If you give him better players, I'm saying, right, that's that's the type of. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That's the yeah. type of for me. I would say. Hassan Hutu is the kind of kind of guy that I would say, okay, cool, because he's structured with it, but his teams definitely will have a go. It's just the fact, that obviously, yeah. the quality of player and the fact that his team get picked off. Yeah. But I just mean, as in, if you get a guy like that who's coming in, he yeah. knows what he's doing. Do you know what I mean? He's he's he's, he's got that sort of passion or whatever. The Brentford manager, I know he's just new um, yes. to point. the Premier League. I was, I was, I was thinking his profile, frankly. Yeah, good yeah. point. Go, go yeah. on, dude. Yeah, no, I was. You just mentioned him. I, when you asked that question, I had the Brentford manager in mind. I think not just obviously on the tactical side as well, but how he is as a person. He's he's you know very confident about himself. He's not afraid to um, you know say what he he thinks, so to speak. Um, but you can see as well, like the way he works with the players, um, they can they can mix it up. So they can play on deck if they need to, um, but they can also like slug it out. We've, and we've seen it against Liverpool. They play both sides of the game. They've got, you know, I know I'm talking about Brentford here, but, you know, they've got a mixture of, of you know, quality players and also um, the physical side of things as well. So, yeah, when you ask that question, I was thinking someone in his kind of mould would be good. And also someone that's, this, this is me adding this bit here, someone that's going to play two up front, like two up front, back four. And I think of, you know, then Bobar and Cisse, like, <laughs> I go back to that. Um, and those were exciting times. And you had Kabay in midfield um, as well. And, yeah, someone who's going to, like T said, not be, you know, reckless with it, but at the same time, give give the fans something to to go to the stadium about and, and you know, get, you know, um, plastered afterwards no matter what happens and you know, <laughs> stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I think Frank, Frank is... Um, be a good shout out. Not saying him, he might like his. But we're saying job. the profile. We're just saying but the, the profile. profile. Yeah, but the profile manager. Yeah, um, but they might end up going for Conte. <laughs> 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 they might end up throwing loads of money at him, <laughs> biting off more they can chew. They're biting off yeah. way more than they can chew at this stage <laughs> if they yeah. go for Conte. Yeah, and that's very. Yeah. I, I get it, but it's short term thinking because his patient wears very, very, very thin, very quickly. Absolutely, absolutely, and he don't mind telling you as well. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's got to be somebody that unites. So obviously, we're saying it's got to be someone that unites them. But it's got to be. I think the key thing in, in what we're all saying is like passion. The person has to have the passion, the drive, and the thick skin to kind of to kind of push. Because Newcastle away is. It, you know, it's it's you always think about. It. I always think about. Um, you know, when I think about that ground, and I think about the sort of. I remember when we was in uni, and and it was Newcastle and, and Arsenal. <laughs> Crazy, madness. <laughs> four oh four days. nil, and they came why back you, to the why four you, four. Why? 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That was the first game that really finished me off. You know, <laughs> that's that's that was the first game. That was the game that. Finished me off when it came to Arsenal. <laughs> Finished me. Hey, man, like, you know, like, man, like, check to your team, it, check. That's what I'm R. saying, R. all right, man. Do you know what I mean? R. But R. it's like, 
it, it, it's like moments like that, like games like that. Obviously, you don't want your team to be 4 0 down, but I just think about those type of moments. I think about these things, yeah. Even as, as far as Collymore, you know what I'm trying to say? Mm. Like, you know, the, back in the 90s and that, like Collymore getting the, the equalizer or whatever. And it's just like, you think about that and you're just like, I, that's what I, I think about Newcastle. And I think passion, you know, like you need to be a passionate guy. It can't be one of these, you know, like sometimes you get some of these guys that just come in from wherever and they're just very, very relaxed. They're not going to say much. They're not going to engage much. It's just like, I do my training or whatever. No, I think Newcastle is a manager. You need a manager that's going to send a message throughout the club that this is what we're doing and stuff like that. It doesn't need, they don't, and they don't need to be loud and proud and whatever. They don't need to do all that stuff, but they definitely need to be somebody that with a big, a big personality. That's what I will say. A very, very big personality away from the tactical side. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I think they're, they're great points, man. Like Thomas Frank and, and um, Ralph Hassan, you definitely. There's way more examples now of these guys who come into the Premier League who understand the essence and the DNA of the clubs. Um, yeah, I suppose, yeah. So if you get someone in, in that mode or or maybe you, you go you go younger and British or whatever, there's a couple guys who play good football in, in, in the championship. Obviously, Scott Parker's doing well. Now, um, Steve ex-player Cooper, ex-player, exactly. Steve Cooper. I mean, even if even if you want to go to another ex-player, Jonathan Woodgate, these kind of guys mm. um, who've shown some kind of potential, and I think as well, um, they're not gonna they're not gonna challenge overnight, right? Like if, if we're if we're honest about it. So often, it, it, it with these kind of situations, it takes somebody to build them up to a certain point before they then go out and say, okay, we're gonna go and go for the likes of your peps or your Jose's or whoever, you know, is going to come into the, come into, you know, a side like that, who who have that kind of takeover and profile and then kind of look to ascend. So there's, there's often, you know, somebody who's going to start that, who's a bit more of a local or a bit more of a someone who's, who's um a bit more modest in their profiles, if, if you like, um, mm. before. So it will be interesting, man. But I, I think that those are the ingredients you need. As you said, passion is, is, is key. Very, very key. Because, yeah, the ability, you need that because it's a squad that will need a lift. And for these players, it's not going to be quality that's going to get them, like, especially this season, it's not going to be, like, huge amounts of quality that's going to get them to where they need to for the yeah. season. I mean, with certain players it will be, but you need, that person needs to be able to get sixes and sevens out of tens from players who are really, you know, three and fours. Do you know what I mean? The person's going to have to really um, work hard to get that done. Because like you say, the window's in January. And of late, um, big business doesn't really happen like, the size that they probably want to do. doesn't really happen in January kind of thing. If a player's good enough to be playing Champions League, if the player's good enough to be playing Champions League football, they're going to be, you know, tied up and they might not want to come to Newcastle. And obviously Newcastle will have to pay over the odds for players because now people know what their budget is. They're going to have to now pay over the odds um, to get players, so January might be a bit difficult. So it's just going to have to be somebody that's coming immediate impact, immediate impact, and immediately um, put in the team. Like I said, the front foot. They need to play on the front foot. If Newcastle ain't on the front foot, they're going to be in trouble. So they either play on the front foot in terms of pressing high, or they play on the front foot where they let you have the ball and they let you get to a certain point. Then they start pressing mm-hmm. and countering and turning over the ball. Uh, is there any? Is, do you think? Do you think there's a case for um, moving moving Bruce on by keeping Graham and putting Graham in the hot seat for a time yeah. period? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, I was, I was just going to say sorry, but I was just going to say um, if you, if you look at Newcastle and and you look at the, the the time since Graham Jones has been there, and I, I don't watch Newcastle every week, but but um, I, I've definitely seen them a good couple of times, and it looks like Graham Jones has a big influence over mm. who's you know delivering instructions, who's actually managing and coaching the side. He's out there on on the touchline, <laughs> and sometimes you see Steve Bruce up in the stands. Or whatever, who's just chilling, or Steve Bruce who's taking a bit of a back seat, or you know, there's there's even little intervals where you, you actually see Steve Bruce, who's who's next to Graham Jones, but he looks like he's the assistant. So mm-hmm. um, there's definitely there's definitely like a, a relationship there. Um, but whether Graham Jones has the has the you know I suppose the the intent to, to want to take over, yeah, and experience and stuff is another question. But I think I, th- mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting shot. I think it's an interesting shot. Why not? The other name I was thinking about, but again, it's it's not the right style of football, in my opinion, is someone like Eddie Howe. He's another person being out, out of a job and stuff, young coach and stuff. But I don't know. You know, I feel like he might want to work with a better quality of player to kind of implement that style. And I feel like it's too drastic of a change. Mm-hmm. You know, it's too, mm-hmm. it's too much of a change to go from one style to another. But he's rated Graham Potter as well, another coach. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got another coach. Probably he's more in the Newcastle mode or whatever. But whether that's going to be the jump that they want, but I think this that's the key point. They have to make a sensible next coach. You know, yeah. probably to prepare them for what is to come afterwards. You know, they'll probably need to be within that top half, top sort of seven, eight. That's probably actually a question. Actually, like, where do you think is reasonable? What do you think will be reasonable for these owners for Newcastle to finish? this season in order for them to be happy and stuff like that. I, I would probably say they from them finishing what, 11th, 12th, whatever they finished last season, I would say as long as they stay within the Premier League, I think they'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I think staying up yeah. is, is the priority. <laughs> yeah. I agree, man. I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's got to be the priority. Because if you stay in the Premier League, then you're able to to build and you know it's going to be, you know, you already next summer's going to be smoke <laughs> mm-hmm. where Newcastle's concerned and stuff because they, they, they've got no restrictions on their spending. As we've seen from Man City, FFP doesn't really, I don't know if, I don't know how much weight that holds um, with the it's thing. And that's the other question. Yeah, go ahead, T. It's been relaxed, isn't it? Relaxed. Yeah, that's, <laughs> right. that's it. If you've got the bread, that's the thing. If you've, if got, you've the got the bread, bring bread. Like I always say, hashtag bring the bread, man. Bring the bread, bring the bread, man. Stop with all the talking and that. Like, don't talk. Just bring the bread. Get the, get the get the deal done. You know what I mean? They've got to throw the bread around responsibly, though, and thoughtful. Thoughtfully, that's one yeah. thing, I guess. Because it's quite interesting. I think the lady um, Amanda, she was involved in the Man City. Um, it was yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, even Man City when they first started off, they threw the money around. They got in, you know, like Ben the likes of Benjani and like random oh, I players. <laughs> I like I, I love Benjani, but it was like it was a bit random. The the transfer, what's it called? Uh, and then eventually it settled down, and they were getting the type of player that you know that they wanted to go for. And obviously now they've ended up with mm. with Pep, and it's a Pep team. Um, so I just feel like Newcastle. They got this money, um, but they just got to be responsible with it. With great, great power comes great responsibility. Be 
like in terms of the actual playing staff and the players that they get, and also the people around who who know football. Um, uh, you get the manager, you get the people who know football. Okay, like this is, these are the type of players then that we need to to get to to fulfil our vision. Um, so hopefully yeah. they do that. They just need what? one, in it. You know, with these type of things, you just need one. When one comes, like for, I think for City it was Robinho. When yep. Robinho yeah. came, then it was mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, City are getting Robinho. Especially like, when they, they, just need, they picked they off um, their one. They picked off Chelsea in it because he was supposed to go Chelsea in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, yeah. that made it even more. That's shocking. Yeah, that's the yeah. There's always one, and 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 that's what I was referring to as well. That like it takes time with these with mm. these kind of things. When it, when there's a takeover, it's not an overnight thing. It's gonna. We've seen it already. It's gonna be. You're probably gonna to look to shop. Maybe if you're smart, maybe or you're a bit tactile, you're a bit, you're a bit. Uh, maybe you get some people from the Premier League who are seasoned. You know, you're gonna get your goals. You know, they're gonna defend well, or they're gonna create or whatever. Been doing it in the Premier League. You will be initially attracted, and that gets you to a certain position. And then you go and make the splash, and you get one person you can come in and and X, Y, and Z. So, yeah, man, I think it's going to take some mm. time for them. But but what you men have been saying about the right people, I think, is is paramount. That's imperative. You have to have that first and foremost because th- that's where the strategy comes in. Don't get me wrong. The, the I'm sure the ownership will have their, their end goal in mind. They'll definitely have whoever they, they want in a, you know, from a fantasy point of view. Um, but there's, it's, it's obviously a, it's a journey is, is what I'm trying to say. So, mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I think I think we won't see you know overnight celebrity, but eventually they'll they'll probably get there. That's it, man. Because I I think the first the first but for me anyway, it will be centre forward. That will be the first for me. I'll be trying to splash bread on a serious centre forward. That will be the first area that I'll be trying to do. Obviously, they got Callum Wilson up there, but I feel like if you can get a marquee centre forward, the other positions start filling up themselves. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, they probably have to pay over the odds for it, but for me, centre forward, that will be the the number one number one area. Newcastle scoring more goals, Newcastle playing on the front foot. That that will just if I was to pick a position, do you know what I mean? In January, go and get a goal scorer. You know what I mean? Go and get another goal scorer, and then you can even have two if Callum Wilson's not fit. But yeah. get the centre forward, start being on the front foot, add your Saint Maxes and whatever, play like a four three three formation, and then I feel like you know. That's the first, the first, um, the first building blocks there. To be honest, that's Newcastle down to a T as well, right? Like in terms of attackers and strikers and what what we think about, you know, like we said, Ospreya or you know Shearer, they've had Andy Cole, you know, these kind of guys. They've had great, great Premier League centre forwards. So I think that's even from a strategic point of view, that's that's a very good move to make. Yeah, it's the first position. I do. It's the first position I'm thinking about, and I'm like, if they've got the money for it. You know, <laughs> if they've got the money for it, and and certain certain players are sounding like they want to leave their clubs and whatever, and it's like you got the money for it, go and bid for you know what I mean. Go and bid for the one of the big boys and see if they fancy a little flutter with you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> if you've got that money, do you know what I mean? Because if it was me personally, and I'm trying to be rude, yeah, and I hear Lewandowski saying, "Listen, I don't know about this buying thing, whatever." Do you, you see the bread that I will throw at that guy? <laughs> You see the money that I will throw at him. I'll be like, "Are you sure you don't want you don't want a year or two at Newcastle just to finish off your career? Are you sure?" And then oh, yeah. you know what I mean. It happens that way, man. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that he's gonna go and give up the Champions League football or whatever, but I'm just saying, you know, what mm-hmm. I'm saying, like, it, <laughs> don't be worst things you could do. 
There'll be one for sure. Yes. There'll be there'll somebody, be somebody will take the bait. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? But I will end on this anyway. Like this question: So, what do you think this means for the rest of the league? Should other Premier League teams be worried? Should they be happy? What do you think? How do you think the perspective is going to be? Because I know they try to block it. Other clubs try to block this transfer. Yeah. You know, people Spurs and them are there. Like I don't know why you're trying to block somebody else from 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 enjoying and chopping when you got your nice new stadium. Yeah. <laughs> And you're stopping someone else from being great. I don't get it. But so, what do you think the feeling is going to be, or what do you think the threat is? To be honest, to the rest of the Premier League, mm, depends who you are. I think. Um, I think if you are somebody who tries to operate within FFP, and you have like a an ownership model who that kind of relies on that, or it's this kind of self-sustaining model. Um, so the likes of, I suppose, Liverpool, Tottenham. Arsenal, Arsenal yeah. yeah, these kind of clubs, like, I think they'll be looking over their shoulder now. No, it's true, you know, the, the guys with the American owners. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, them men, them men are going to be sweating. Them men are the ones who are, who are really protesting. Yeah. Um, so I think them, I think some of the, some of the, some of the other clubs as well will probably be fearing that, you know, this is somebody that you could probably bank on in terms of a, not necessarily a relegation scrap, but a bottom half kind of, okay, this is somebody who we could look to earmark. Okay, if we're in and around Newcastle, then maybe we could look at, you know, Premier League safety, these kind of things, and then move into another echelon now. So I think um, in, in that sense, you've got you've got clubs literally fearing that Newcastle will burn them out of water. And I think also for the likes of, you know, Liverpool, Spurs, um, um, Arsenal, I think the, these kind of clubs will probably be looking at that fourth position um, in the league in terms of qualifying for the Champions League and probably thinking, maybe not in the immediate short term, but in the medium to long term, thinking, hmm, boy, we, we better be opening some conversations about expanding these these qualification places, mate, because, <laughs> because you know, after City and Chelsea and, and United now, in terms of their spending power, if you're looking at Newcastle next up, then, you know, we already see some of these clubs have very, very conservative spending. Look at Liverpool, you know. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a hundred percent. I could imagine John Henry is the one who's literally writing, penning those <laughs> letters, and like, listen, Newcastle block these guys out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, what are they smoking up there, mate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Other thing as well, the idea is um, when Man City first when they got their money, they start they cherry picked Arsenal quite a bit. Uh, and mm. I think that um, for their players so I think that's the other aspect as well um, not even just picking players good players from you know like other leagues or other you know markets or whatever but like actual direct competition like yeah. you know what I mean like City Adebayor you know what I mean like Clichy mm. even though I wasn't the biggest fan of Clichy like, like all these yeah. kind of guys Sagnar you know Nazri. they were Nasri, they cherry picked Arsenal quite a bit. It, at that point, it was very, very annoying, and then obviously it culminated with you know the fans getting onto Adebayo and Adebayo mm. when we played City, he slid right in front of us. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and that's what I'm not saying necessarily Arsenal, but that's what clubs in that space, clubs with like good players, but aren't necessarily too, too. I don't know. I don't want to use the word big, but Clubs like Arsenal, Spurs, who they've got they've got some decent players in their sides, but 
can't fend off like big money. So, for example, yeah. like United could fend off big money. You know, I mean, even though like you know they've got their ownership, I think to a certain extent, whilst Klopp is there, probably Liverpool could fend off um, yep. big money as well. But Arsenal, Spurs, I don't don't think they have that you know that power to fend off if big money comes in and they pay off pay the you know, odds. So. You know what? Even players who who sorry to cut, even players who like out of contract, you know, like Jesse Lingard's out of contract to you know end of the season, he's not signed the new deal. Mm. Could he? Could he not? You know, join join Newcastle and stuff like that. And he's an asset to Man United at the moment. But do you know what I mean? Could he not play there? Of course, of course, definitely. Even I was thinking it it might sound a bit mad, James Milner. Someone who's yeah. a bit of an older head who who knows the club as well, and somebody who can just guide, you know, and give a bit of strategy in terms of okay, steering these players. And when you're coming in here, this is what Newcastle means. This is not like you know some playground, some you know some 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 <laughs> as as Jay would say, a, a, a jolly up. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's it's you know some you know some of those signers like that. That's that's what I mean in terms of strategy and in terms of being having a bit of nous in, in who you bring in. You know. Um, so yeah, definitely out, out of contract players for sure. And then the, the transfer market as well, like you touched on it, Newcastle are able to bid and outbid everybody. Mm-hmm. So t- certain teams for now will have Champions League football. So that plus the chance to play under Pep plus Champions League football. But those players who are young, hungry and the best in class, Newcastle becomes a destination now because you can pay. You know, you can pay to for these for these academies and these scouting networks. You can now pay, so I think that's another thing when it comes to feeding their academy, but also feeding the pipeline coming up in their in their teams. Other clubs now have to be mindful of Newcastle now in the market. Um, you know, and it's happened anyway because it become like very decentralized. Teams in the Premier League have got money, but when you got money to the level of Newcastle now, they mm. can start to legit have feeder clubs like how Man City have set up you know little schemes and little partnerships in different parts of the world um, mm. I think that that's also the impact that it has on the the the, the Premier League and the, the wider football community because although yes they're not going to be playing Champions League now but the money that they're able to invest into that transfer market means that other teams will have to be you know it's you know and, it's, and the thing is Newcastle they 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 were play, they have played in the Champions League before. It's not it's not like I said. It's not minnows that we're talking yeah. about. We're talking about a team that has played in the Champions League. Their striker has the league. You know their their famous legend has the Premier League record um, for goals scored, and I'm sure he will be a massive pull as well. Um, he, I'm sure they'll they'll want to work with him. Who Shearer? Is he still? Does he what? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> it's about to say, mate. <laughs> I had you there. I had you there. <laughs> No, but do you know what I mean? It's just one of them where, you know, I feel like for the wider league, we have to watch, you know, it's just a case of watch this space. I'm sure the manager, Steve Bruce is, you know, I'd be surprised if when we put this out that Steve Bruce is still in charge, but mm. <laughs> it is yeah. what it is. But I think it's it's interesting for the league and, I, and I'm excited to see it, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, boy. We'll see, man. We'll see. Trust me. Cool. Yeah, so that was episode six of the Breakdown podcast. We'll see you next week.